Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God is never going to force His will on you. If you're not interested and you're not seeking Him, but instead you're, you're given over to this, God's just going to say, okay. The Spirit of God is not going to strive with man forever, so He's just going to give you over to that which you've already given yourself over to. In other words, you're seeking only rebellion? This is what you're searching for? This is what you're seeking? Then have at it. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. Are you one of those people who needs to make sure everyone knows you're right? God's not like that. Pastor J.D. talks to us today about how God won't force you to do anything. If it's your desire to be sinful, it'll make him sad, but he won't stop you. But if you want God to work in your life, you must be open to change. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 17 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. You wait until you have children of your own. My mom used to say that to me in her thick accent, high-pitched voice. She would say, well, Hido, you wait till you have children of your own, then you will understand. And I'm like, yeah, 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 mom, whatever. And then I did. And then I remembered. (laughs) She warned me, and then I think to myself, oh my goodness, I gave her such a hard time. I was such a rotten scoundrel of a kid. And now I have children, and now I know what it feels like to be on the receiving end and on the other end of that. And so there's almost like a sanctified satisfaction when, I've only heard this again, I'm just, you know, sharing with you what's been shared with me from grandparents about how they just really enjoy watching their children with their grandchildren. And they just kind of sit back. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I mean, it's, anyway, I'm just enjoying that too much. Verse 7, excellent speech is not becoming to a fool, much less lying lips to a prince. You know, somebody who is foolish, don't ever expect the words that come out of their mouth to be wise or have really any value. Verse 8, a present is a precious stone in the eyes of its possessor. Wherever he turns, he prospers. I think this speaks to one valuing that which is of value and appreciating. And that's where I believe the prosperity comes, because it didn't come easy and you appreciate the value of that which you possess. Verse 9, this is a biggie. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter 
separates friends. Now we talked about this last week, and again, this is one of those recurring themes, these repeated truths throughout the book of Proverbs, where it keeps coming up over and over again repetitively. But when you hear about what someone has done or said, and it's not good, pray for them. Don't talk about them to others. It's, it, it carries with it the idea of, you know, love covering a multitude of sins. I mean, if you really love that person, you're going to want to protect them and not spread rumors about them. Don't repeat the matter, because what's going to happen is you're going to, this is the reality of it. What people say about others is what they become in our minds. Let me explain that just a little bit. You know this notion of guilty till proven innocent? The truth of the matter is, it's not innocent until proven guilty, it's guilty until proven innocent. Here's an example. Someone comes to you and says, hey, did you hear? Oh man, when you hear anyone start with those words, did you hear? Run. Sometimes we're, we're really clever in how we couch it in spiritual terms. Hey, we need to pray for so-and-so. What? What happened? Oh, yeah, they're not doing good. They're having marriage problems. They are? Yeah, we need to pray for them. Don't do that! Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to come to church that next week, and that couple that you just heard that matter repeated, you'll never look at them the same way again. I mean, it may very well be that their marriage is fine. But for the rest of your life, that's the way it is, and that's why it is. You'll never look at them the same again. So let's say they hold hands, or he opens the door for her in the parking lot. You're looking at the, look at that, they're putting on an act. No, that's what happens. We, we pronounce them guilty. We're judge, jury, and we pronounce the verdict, guilty as charged. It's an assassination of one's character. We're actually going to be talking about this if I move a little bit faster. Verse 10, rebuke is more effective for a wise man than a hundred blows on a fool. In other words, don't waste your time. You're trying to correct a fool, don't bother. You can correct him all you want. He's not going to heed the correction. And conversely, you just one time rebuke a wise man, they'll receive that rebuke, take heed to that warning, and they'll thank you for it. How about that? How rare is that? To have somebody that is so teachable, so humble, that you can say to them, you know, this is a blind spot in your life, and I love you enough to share with you, and I think you have the spiritual maturity and the wisdom to receive this from me. 
And I, I only share it with you because of my love for you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't bother. It's that proverb, I love this proverb, the wounds of a friend are faithful, but an enemy multiplies kisses. You're my friend. If you'll tell me the truth in love, you're not my friend. If you only tell me what I want to hear, because you want me to like you, you don't want me to get angry at you. Sometimes we run the risk of a friendship. We put in jeopardy that friendship when we take the risk and say, and by the way, it's Galatians 6, you need to do it with humility, gently, lovingly, in love, because of love. You know, I I really care about you, but I, I see you going in this direction. I just want to tell you that how it ends is not good. And I just, I want to, it's a rebuke in love. And if that person is wise, they will receive it and it will be effective. Verse 11, an evil man seeks only rebellion, therefore a cruel messenger will be sent against him. So, If you want, if you're interested, I would really encourage you to read Romans chapter 1, because it speaks to this truth, and it's a hard truth. So it has this idea of uh, you're seeking this evil, this rebellion, and you're actually searching for it, wanting it, seeking after it, Well, there might come a point when you're going to get what you're asking for. In Romans chapter 1, Paul writing to the church there in Rome basically says this, you know, God is never going to force His will on you. If you're not interested and you're not seeking Him, but instead you're you're given over to this, God's just going to say, okay. The Spirit of God is not going to strive with man forever, so He's just going to give you over to that which you've already given yourself over to. In other words, you're seeking only rebellion? This is what you're searching for? This is what you're seeking? Then have at it. A cruel messenger will be sent against you. Verse 12. (laughs) This is... uh, really uh, a great picture that's painted here in this verse. Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs, (laughs) rather than a fool in his fall. I have never seen a bear, not even at a zoo, let alone a bear robbed of her cubs. That's okay. (laughs) No need. I can only imagine. I think that's where that saying, mama bear, comes from. You know, when moms with their children, they're going to go mama bear on you. If you mess with their kids, they should have a papa bear in there too somewhere, but mama bear, right, robbed of her cubs. You know what this Proverbs is saying? It would actually be better. You've never seen a bear? Well listen, it would be better not only to see a bear, but to see a mama bear robbed of her cubs than it would be a fool in his folly. I'd rather see the fool in his folly. Thank you very much. 
No, (laughs) it would be better. You don't want to see a fool in his folly because that would not be as bad as seeing a mama bear robbed of her cubs. That's how foolish the fool is in his folly. Verse 13, whoever rewards evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. You know, I was thinking about in Isaiah, where there's actually a curse that's pronounced, and it's really a, a, a prophetic context in many ways as it relates to where the world is at today. But it basically is a curse that is pronounced, woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. And here the proverb is saying that if you reward, e- forget just calling evil good and good evil. You reward evil for good. In other words, somebody has done you right. They have done something good. And how do you pay them back? With evil. You reward the good that they did with evil. Wow. Evil will never depart from your house. Verse 14. The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore stop contention before a quarrel starts. This is one of those proverbs that I mean, at first read, it's almost like this firm grasp of the obvious. I mean, don't let it start. Stop before it gets going. Stop the contention before the quarrel starts, because if you don't, then, oh my goodness, that thing is just going to go. The strife will continue. Verse 15, he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord, kind of along the lines of evil for good and good for evil. It's an abomination to the Lord, the condemnation of the just. This is really the condemnation of Jesus the Christ, who was just, righteous, perfect, without sin, and yet he was condemned to die. Verse 16, this is a question. Why is there in the hand of a fool, the purchase price of wisdom, since he has no heart for it. I mean, in other words, he possesses that which he needs to acquire wisdom, but he won't. He's not interested. It's not in his heart to do it. He could if he wanted. It was attainable. It was achievable. It was doable, but he has no heart for it. So why does he have it in the first place is the question. Verse 17, many have talked about it in the context of the Savior, who is that friend who loves at all times, and that brother who is born for adversity. Jesus said, call me friend. I'm your brother. And so he is that friend that loves at all times. There's, we haven't got to it yet. I'm really looking forward to getting to this proverb that says 
that it is the desire of everyone for unfailing love. Every man, woman, and child has this desire for unfailing love. And the only place that we're ever going to get unfailing love, love that never fails, is from the God who is love, Jesus who loves us at all times, that brother who is born for adversity. You know, when you're in a trial, when you're going through a difficult time, you are never as close to the Lord, nor is the Lord as close to you than during that time of adversity, because He is that brother born for adversity. And He is acquainted. He was acquainted with sorrows and grief and adversity. I think about the Psalms when David writes that God is close to the brokenhearted, those who are of a contrite spirit. Verse 18, a man devoid of understanding shakes hands in a pledge and becomes surety for his friend. Again, this is a recurring theme throughout the Proverbs. It's basically co-signing without the means to repay. And that's foolish, devoid of understanding, to make a commitment, financial commitment, and become surety for a friend. Because if they default on the payments, then you have to make the payments. Well, I don't have the money to make the payments. That's called surety. You're borrowing without a sure way to repay. Verse 19, he who loves transgression loves strife and he who exalts his gate seeks destruction. Bear with me on this one. I hope that someone doesn't come to mind when I say it this way, but there are some people who just love a good fight. Somebody came to mind, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, they love strife. They thrive on it. It's almost like if there's no strife. Well, we can't have that. So I'm going to create strife. You know, it's kind of like, hey, as long as, you know, I can stir something up, I mean, I'll get the attention, even if it's bad attention. So they stir up strife. They love it. They thrive. That's an environment that is conducive to who they are. They just enjoy it. Now, the reason I said bear with me is because there was a time in my life, many years ago, in a land far, far away, <laughs> long time ago, when I had the energy and I had the will where, hey, I'd roll up my arm sleeves. Let's do this. And, I, and I'm talking about, of course, in the arena of the spiritual. So you want to argue? You want to fight about this? All right, let's do it. And so I tell you, I won a lot of battles. I'll take you on. I kind of I like the, you know, the adrenaline. And I like the, you know, the going back and forth. And it was all pride. But here's the thing, I, I won a lot of battles just by sheer tenacity and force. But I lost a lot of wars. I won the battle. I lost the relationship and I lost the opportunity that the Lord had presented to me. 
I mean, here's somebody that, you know, I, I take on and battle with and win the battle. At what cost? Be very careful if there's that desire on your part to kind of get into the mix of things. And then sometimes when there's already a fight, you're like, hey, I want, I want in. Can I, you know, so you jump in and that's another proverb. That's as foolish as grabbing a dog by the ears. Forget the bear robbed of his cubs. That's a, grabbing a dog by the ears. You're going to get bit. It's going to hurt when you get involved in somebody else's quarrel. Verse 20, he who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue falls into evil. We're going to talk more about the tongue, time permitting. But I was uh, thinking about this first part of verse 20. So a deceitful heart finds no good. Think about this. If you're a liar, you see everybody else as lying. To the pure, everyone is pure. To the impure, everyone is impure. We tend to, we're prone to look at others through the lens of our own heart. So we know that, hey, you know, I'm just going to kind of not, not be completely honest here. So when you're talking to somebody, you're thinking that they're doing the same thing that you're doing. And it works both ways. So if you're one who is honest, you have integrity, you tell the truth, well then you just are prone to look at others and believe naively, possibly, that they're also going to tell you the truth, because that's what you would do. And then we're trusting of them because we ourselves are trustworthy. So if there's one who has a deceitful heart, they're not going to find any good. They're only going to find what's in their heart, in the heart of another. And this perverse tongue falling into evil? Boy, we've talked about this before, that saying, loose lips sink ships. Well, they sink evil lips too. (laughs) Those perverse tongues and lips. Our mouths can get us into a lot of trouble, yeah? Verse 21, he who begets a scoffer does so to his sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy. This is a parenting truth, sadly, where your children can either bring you such great joy. I think of what John said in the context of spiritual children that he fathered in the faith. I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth but children can also bring great sorrow to the heart. It's easy to dismiss Old Testament books as ancient texts that hold little meaning for you today. However, there's plenty of application for your life right now in this modern world. The book of Proverbs is one that specifically provides advice, admonishment, and encouragement for your life as a follower of Christ. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, though, you may have realized that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. If that's the case, we'd like to encourage you to change that right now. 
we have a simple guide that will tell you more. Just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will tell you why it's so important to put your faith in Jesus and how easy it is to start a relationship with Him. We'd love to hear from you, too, and we're available to answer any questions you may still have. Please get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again to continue studying the truths found in the book of Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Truth, truth.